my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing? Gosh, I can't believe it's December already, even though I'm recording this in early October. <laughs> yes, I cannot believe the year is literally just flown by. So, how was everyone's Halloween and Thanksgiving, and do you got your Christmas trees up yet? <laughs> I don't yet, because again, I said I'm recording this in early October. So, this month, to close out 2022, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a double feature, and it is going to center around one of the greatest relationships on Full House, and that is Jesse and Michelle. So this is a Jesse and Michelle double feature. The first episode we're going to focus on, of course, is going to be from Season 5, Episode 19, entitled, The Devil Made Me Do It. This aired February 18th, 1992. In this episode, when Michelle's disobedient disobedience lands her in the doghouse the little bow wow in her wants to bite back meanwhile dj plays buffer between a bickering stephanie and kimmy okay i really don't care for how they worded everything in this first summary but there is a second summary that is a smidge better so i'm gonna read this one the temptation to fiddle with Jesse's forbidden music equipment is too great for Michelle. But when Jesse lands her in hot water for it, the little devil in her wants to burn him. Elsewhere, Kimmy and Stephanie are at each other's throats. It's up to DJ to referee the proceedings. You know, I mean, I, I had an older sister and the handful of friends that she had when I was growing up. I don't think I ever yelled at them or argued with them or anything. I just thought they were cool teenagers. I never had any problems with her uh, her friends that she had. So, this episode's got a 7.0 out of 10. Based on 226 ratings, we got this episode is directed by Joel Zwick. We got the writers, Jeff Franklin, of course, the creator. We got Elias Davis. We got Nicholas Wall, we got Jane Paris, and we got Nicholas Wall. Okay. Why is Nicholas Wall's name on here twice? I don't know. How funny that there's an Elias as a writer here, when we will later, much later from here, in about 14 years, get Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller, who played Max Fuller on Fuller House, so. All right, let's see, we got some trivia. Third out of the four times, Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen are on screen together. Yes, it'd be this time. It would also be the series finale. There's also the seven-month itch. 
I know there's another time in there. Yes! Uh, season 4, episode 1, Greek Week. Okay, so there are the four episodes that the twins appear on screen together. Last appearance of Wendy Tanner, and she is never mentioned again. Wendy, Wendy Tanner, if you don't know, is Danny's sister. The one who had Ginger the Monkey in Season 5's Too Much Monkey Business. She also worked at the San Diego Zoo, or was it the San Francisco Zoo? I'm not sure. One of them. <laughs> and apparently Danny must have another sister who has a, well, at this point, in season one, Cousin Steve was 17. This is season five, so he's going to be at least 21 years old. He's probably already out of college because I believe Danny had mentioned that he does have a scholarship to Stanford, which is, you know, DJ wanted to go there and she didn't get to go. Well, but then again, we don't know. We never hear about Cousin Steve after that episode. What's he doing? Did he get that? Did he take that baseball scholarship to Stanford? We don't know. All right. T and Tamara Mary play Teddy's sister in this episode, who are his sisters in real life, because of course they are. Which is interesting because the character Teddy's sister only has one line. So how did you have them both in the same episode if there was just yeah, her yeah her line is she's real cute. Can we keep her? That was it. How are you? Did they run it through with one twin and then they ran it through with the second one? I don't know. This is the only time Michelle runs away from home. Stephanie did the same exact thing in Honey, I Broke the House. You know what? We never got anything like that from. Well, did no? I don't think we got that from DJ. I don't think she ever tried to run away. Jackson did in Fuller House, so I guess the, uh, and I'm sure if we had, uh, stretched out Full House to, like, season 10 or 11 or 12, maybe Nikki and Alex might have continued that trend, but we'll never know. All that, that block of time of Stephanie in high school, Michelle going to junior high, Nikki and Alex... Doing whatever they're doing in school. We'll never know any of that. We just have to guess. Fill in the blanks, basically. Alright, are there any goofs? Oh, there is. Okay. When Michelle banish her, banishes her bad self, her right arm rests on the back of the chair. And the next shot, her arm is at her side. It's basically just a continuity issue here. All right, of course, before I officially get into the podcast, I want to let the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. new podcast listeners who've just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen on SoundCloud and iTunes. Also, if you want to interact with the podcast via email, the Email address is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. The podcast does have its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Old Mylanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Also, Instagram as well, omhc Full House Fuller House Podcast, and Twitter at omhc Full House. Also, if you've been listening for a while or you're just tuning in and you really enjoy the podcast, if you want to show support, I don't do Patreon. The only thing I ask is a mom moment of your time. 
If you could just go on iTunes, search for the podcast, again, Full House or Fuller House, the Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can use emojis if you want to describe characters or episodes episode titles of either show you can try to hit me up with a trivia question from either show you're more likely to stump me on a fuller house question than a full house question because i've seen all of full house multiple times over not just in reruns but again re-watching them either for the holidays or funsies yeah so all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, OG and new like yourself. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into The Devil Made Me Do It. Hey, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think she ever utters those words at all in this episode. All right, of course, we get the adorable cold open, which is set in DJ's room this time. DJ is working on her tiny computer with the tiniest screen. Michelle comes in and asks, do you know what time it is? And DJ says, 4.30? And Michelle says, no, it's the Michelle show. And then she sinks into her tape recorder microphone. <laughs> her little mini baby boom box with the microphone. And she goes, da 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 And she throws her arm out and says, Michelle! And DJ says, you know, Michelle, not that I don't love hearing about the Michelle show, like, 24-7. I have to actually do the homework show. So, if you would. Michelle just ignores DJ and says, my first guest is Yogi Bear. Oh, DJ's working on a Macintosh computer. She does, Michelle does her own impression of Yogi. I'm smarter than the average bear. DJ's really trying to, like, get Michelle out of there so she can focus on her homework. She's like, terrific show, Michelle. One of your best. But Michelle's not done. And she says, and now here's DJ holding out the microphone. And DJ tells Michelle, Michelle, I, I don't do impressions. And Michelle is taking not, she's not taking no for an answer. She says, into the microphone, and now, I, I said, and now here's DJ shoving the microphone right into DJ's face. <laughs> DJ takes the microphone and says, hello, I am George Washington, your very first president. How's it going? And DJ hands the microphone back to Michelle. Michelle says, wow, you sound just like him. I was just thinking, like, the first president. Okay, I got to find out when he took office and all that stuff. So it says that he was the very first president from 1789 to 1797. So I'm guessing odds are you would never have had any form of way to record his voice. Like we would have no idea what his voice sounded like. Michelle says, wow, you sound just like him. And DJ says, amazing, isn't it? Here's your microphone back. Now, I need to get back to the homework show. Michelle says, and that's our show. Speaking into the microphone, she turns around and 
walks out of the room and she goes, da 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 It's just kind of like a The Tonight Show type of thing. Introduction or out outro. Yeah, and she, uh, in the doorway, turns around and says, Michelle! <laughs> and that was pretty much the cold open. I'm surprised DJ didn't get up and shut her door and lock. I mean, I don't know if she can lock her door, but it's like, okay, no more interruptions. Guess what time it is? 4.30? Nope, it's time for the Michelle Show. Not that I don't love seeing the Michelle Show over and over, but I have to do the homework show. George Washington. I was your very first president. How's it going? Wow, you don't dislike him. Amazing, isn't it? And that's our show. All right, so now we're in the downstairs in the brand new studio. Jesse is testing out his musical equipment, which he's got, which he says he's still making payments on all of this equipment. I think he's just kind of, because he's writing stuff down on a legal pad as he's testing out the buttons and everything. So maybe that kind of goes along with his songwriting where he wants certain sound effects like drums or chimes or, or whatever other type of sound effects to come in. But here come Teddy and Michelle. Teddy says, here's Uncle Jesse. And Michelle, oh my goodness. I love her adorable Laura Ingalls half pint Little House on the Prairie pigtails. And they say, we've been looking for you everywhere. And Jesse says, why? And Michelle tells him, because that's how you find someone, silly. And I'm thinking, Michelle, the house is only so big, there's only so many places that Jesse could be. So Jesse makes Michelle aware, like, yes, you are my little munchkin, but I have a lot of work to do. So would you two just go hit the yellow brick road? <laughs> oh, I get, yes, because Michelle is wearing, like, a denim, it's not a gingham dress, but it's still got, like, the overall straps like Dorothy Gale's dress in The Wizard of Oz. And even though Dorothy didn't have braids, she had pigtails. But even still. Jesse presses the button on this little gray box and it omits the sound of drums. And Jesse turns, you know, hits the button again and sound goes off and Derek, Derek, Teddy asks, hey, where'd that drum come from? Michelle goes around to the other side of the machine and you see all these, you know, plugs coming out the back of it. She says, hey, it came out of this machine. Teddy is so adorable. He says, get out of here. Like, no way. 
Like, buddy, you saw it with your own eyes. You heard it with your ears. It came out of that machine. And Jesse's like, hey, you get out of here, man. I got a whole band coming out of this thing. Yes, because a band, a, 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 listeners are going to want to hear you wait for you to hit buttons to emit these drums and chimes and cymbals and whatever coming out of this box. This is about as bad as when Jesse was trying to form his one-man band with his bunch of different instruments with the chimes and the guitar and the bongo drums and the harmonica. Instead, he's got all of that in this gray box that's sitting on a chair or a stool excuse me I, just, I don't know how I I mean if you're singing the song you gotta press all these buttons at certain times I'm just like mm, I'm not feeling that I'm gonna show the kids how he constructs a song but he tells them all right so because he's got the sticks out the drumsticks, and he's like, all right, first we're going to do the drums, and he's got the little, um, the pad, the drum pad things, which are connected to something, and as the drum sound is coming out of that gray box, Jesse is miming, like, basically pretending to hit them, I'm thinking, you know how to play the drums, you've done it before, why, <laughs> Why would I be paying for fake sound? Just for sound effects, basically. I want to see you playing an instrument. I don't want to see you mimicking playing an instrument while sounds from said instrument are coming out of a box. That's like when Millie... To me, that's like when Millie Vanilli was... Not, they were lip-syncing, blaming on the rain, and girl, you know it's true. They didn't sing that song. Someone else did. But I feel I'd be getting ripped off by Jesse's musical sound effects machine. Now he's adding, he's got like a bass guitar. that Because he's hitting keys on the keyboard there. And he's got the guitar on the upper keyboard that's set above at head level. Then it just sounds really, really fake. But Teddy and Michelle are both very impressed. I mean, they're five, so of course they're impressed. Michelle and Teddy both, their jaws are on the floor. They are that impressed. Like, <gasps> his sound effects programmed into his keyboards there. Because he's like, oh, yeah, add uh, some Elvis in there and some horns. Uh, I don't, if he thinks that's a song, I'm not impressed. Even some of the songs that he had magically come up with were just not impressive. It's like they're, they're missing something. The only good song he ever did was Forever. And that was a cover of a Beach Boys song. That wasn't his own creation. Michelle immediately is like, oh, we gotta play with that. And she puts her hands on it and be like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. Michelle, Teddy, put yourselves where I can see you. Put your hands behind your back. Now put them in front of me. Now put them behind your back. Okay, I'm going to say this once, and I want you to really hear me. You are under no circumstance 
for no reason whatsoever to be playing with this machine to be down here in the studio when I am not here. Because he says, he even says, I'm, this is really expensive equipment and important equipment that I need that I'm still making payments on. He even says, this is not a toy store. This is very expensive equipment that I'm still making payments on. And he says, under no circumstances are you allowed to be touching anything in this room. And Michelle says, my feet are touching the floor. And Teddy tells, oh, she's got you there. Like, uh-huh, sure. So he pretty much tells him, hit the yellow brick road. I got to get back to my work. And because it's Saturday, and Michelle thinks nobody should work on a Saturday, you need to be playing. You need to be need to be hanging out with us. We need someone to hang out with us. All the older kids are busy. They don't want us to they don't want to hang out with us. You know how many rooms I got kicked out? I got kicked out of my own room and DJ's room and Joey's room and Dad's room and your upstairs apartment. Yeah, I basically got kicked out of every single room in this house. Teddy says, get some fresh air. <laughs> yes, because we know that there is no airflow down in that room if that door is closed. And he says, I love to put on my play clothes and hit, hit the sandbox with you two goofballs, but uh, I really got to get on this. The responsible Jesse says, be responsible. The good Jesse says, be responsible, finish your work, then go out and earn some <laughs> go out and enjoy some well-earned relaxation. Michelle says, crinkling her upper lip, the good Uncle Jesse sounds like a nerd. Jesse says, if I didn't listen to the good Uncle Jesse, I'd be listening to the bad Uncle Jesse that says, hey, work is for jumps. Go out and party. You're having a good hair day? Share it with the world. Daddy says, if bad Uncle Jesse sounds cool. Jesse says it's one thing to be cool, but it's another thing to know right from wrong. Okay. And he says, all right, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to finish my work. Starting tomorrow, who wants ice cream? <laughs> I'm going to tell those two twice. They are running up those stairs so fast. Zoom! They're gone. but I got a lot of work to do, so go hit the yellow brick road. Hey, where'd that drum come from? Inside this machine. Get out of here. You get out of here. I got a whole band right here. Watch, I'll show you guys how I construct a song, okay? First, we start with the drums like this. tell you guys something. This is not a toy store, all right? This is very expensive equipment that I'm still making payments on. 
So under no circumstances are you to touch anything in this whole entire studio. Athena said to me, boy. <laughs> she got there. You guys run along and I, I'm going to get back to my work. But Saturday you should be playing. Get some fresh air. <laughs> I'd love to put on my play clothes and hit the sandbox with you bozos. But the good Uncle Jesse keeps saying, be responsible, finish your work, then go out and enjoy some well-earned relaxation. The good Uncle Jesse is a nerd. <laughs> Um, hey, but he's just doing his job. Otherwise, I'd be listening to the bad Uncle Jesse who says, all oh, work is for chumps. Go out and party. If you're having a good hair day, go share it with the world. The bad Uncle Jesse sounds cool. <laughs> One thing to be cool, it's another thing to know right from wrong, okay? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to finish my work. Starting tomorrow. Who wants ice cream? Now we're in DJ's room. She just returned from the mall with... Kimmy and Stephanie, who are <laughs> arguing about these two twins they met at the mall, Jimmy and Timmy Finelli. Oh, Stephanie is saying how Timmy Finelli is much cuter than Jimmy Finelli. And Kimmy says, no, Jimmy Fine <laughs> Timmy Finelli is... A hundred times cuter than <laughs> Jimmy Vanelli, or, or however. And DJ asks, why are you guys arguing? They're identical twins. And Kimmy says, well, Jimmy is two minutes older. He's much more mature. And Stephanie says, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And Kimmy <laughs> asks, let me get this straight. You are calling me dumb? And Stephanie says, Gibbler, you're so dumb, you don't even know how dumb you are. And Kimmy says, I know how dumb I am. You're, you're the one who's dumb, capital D-U-M. And DJ says, Kimmy, there's a B. And Kimmy's like, what, where? I hate bees. <laughs> and I love how Stephanie just kind of raises an eyebrow at DJ, like, really? You didn't know how to pick them, don't you, DJ? <laughs> In the friend department. <laughs> DJ says, I think we have a winner. <laughs> and Steph, yeah, she's full on bagging on Kimmy. I'm like, you know, this girl is one day going to be the surrogate mother for your baby. And you're going to marry her little brother that we didn't know existed until 30 plus years later. Because <laughs> she said, Deej, how can you be friends with this? <laughs> and Kimmy throws back, hey, she picked me. She got stuck with you. Oh, oh burn! <laughs> DJ's trying to, like, break up this sister-friend cat fight. Please, you two have been seriously arguing since we got home. And then they start arguing, Stephanie and Kimmy start arguing where they started arguing at. Like, where the fight started. And Stephanie turns to DJ and says, not all the way home, only since Lake Street. And Kimmy says, it wasn't Lake Street, it was Chestnut. And DJ says, I can't believe this. You guys are arguing about when you started arguing. And it just <laughs> makes me think about uh, 
when Jesse and Becky were getting into an argument, you know, before they, uh, before they got married, or was it before they got engaged? One of the two, they were talking about how when they argue and stuff, like, oh, you always, breaking up is hard to do. I think that is honestly, that has got to be the episode where they're arguing, like, oh, you always get mad before I get mad. And he's like, no, you don't. You get mad, and then <laughs> Jesse's finally, what, what, wait, what are we arguing about now? And Becky says, I think we're fighting about the way we fight. He says, this may be our stupidest fight yet. <laughs> I just, I get that with DJ saying, you guys are arguing about when you started arguing. Oh my gosh. DJ is pulling a Tim Taylor right now and saying, you two are going to shake hands and be friends. I just watched the episode where Brad and Randy... Or, you know, they've been sharing a room, they're not getting along, and Tim forces them to have a handshake. Like, you two are going to shake hands. And it turns into a shoving match. But it's, it's DJ is just forcing this on her sister and best friend who don't like each other at all. Kimmy offers the olive branch first by saying, alright, kid, put her there. She puts her hand out. Stephanie goes to shake her hand, and Kimmy pulls her hand away and says, Ah, gotcha, shrimp boat. And Kimmy, Stephanie says to Kimmy, Stuff it, bird legs. That is not the first crack, that is not the last crack about, that Stephanie makes about Kimmy's legs. I think we get that in season eight, Stephanie's Wild Ride, where... She says, oh, uh, Big Bird called. He wants his legs back. His legs back. <laughs> DJ basically locks both Kimmy and Stephanie in her room and says, okay, you're my best friend and you're my sister. We're not leaving this room until you two can be nice to each other. Stephanie says, fine. She goes over to DJ's phone and DJ asks, what are you doing? And Stephanie says, I'm ordering a pizza. This could take months. And then Kimmy and Stephanie start arguing about how long it would take for them to try to get along or at least be semi-nice to each other. Kimmy <laughs> says, years. And then Stephanie says, centuries. And Kimmy throws in, infinity. And Stephanie says, double infinity. Triple infinity, quadruple infinity. Oh my goodness. And DJ just throws herself on her bed face first like oh Timmy Finelli is twice as cute as Jimmy Finelli. Nah, Jimmy Finelli is 10 times cheater than Timmy Finelli. No way. What are you guys arguing about? They're identical twins. <laughs> Jimmy's 2 minutes older. He's much more mature. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Let me get this straight. You are calling me dumb. Gibbler, you're so dumb, you don't know how dumb you are. I know how dumb I am. You're the one who's dumb. Capital D-U-M, dumb. Kimmy, there's a B. Where? I hate you. I think we have a winner. Deej, how can you be friends with this? Hey, she picked me. She got stuck with you. <laughs> Please, you guys have been arguing the whole way home. Not all the way, only since Lake Street. It wasn't Lake Street, it was Chestnut. No, I'm disappointed, Lake. I can't believe this. You guys are arguing about where you started arguing. 
So you're gonna shake hands and be friends. All right, kid, put her there. Ah, gotcha, shrimp boat. Stop it, bird legs. That's it. Look, you're my sister and you're my best friend. Now we are not leaving until you guys start acting nice to each other. Fine. What are you doing? I'm ordering pizza. This could take months. <laughs> Years. Century. Infinity. Double infinity. Triple infinity. So now we're down in the kitchen. Joey comes in, of course, singing show tunes. He's wearing, it looks like the Charlotte Hornets colors, the teal and the dark blue purple. <laughs> He's wearing basically, yeah, a windbreaker and pants. When, uh windbreaker pants or whatever they're supposed to be called i don't know and becky's holding one of the twins not sure where the other one is maybe the baby's uh, the other one's taking a nap or something because maybe they're on different schedules and danny of course takes notice and he says joey ever since my sister moved back to san francisco you've been going around the house singing show tunes and joey is so excited because wendy's here and they are going to go bike riding Joy rides a bike? I mean, other than the Easy Rider episode. Well, that wasn't helped Michelle's bike, and he was just showing her how to ride the bike. Oh, the other, oh, okay, now that, uh, because <laughs> Joey says, yeah, Danny, that's not true. I haven't been going around the house singing show tunes, as he <laughs> does the trombone motion with his hand, <laughs> and he goes in the living room. Okay, so one of the twins is setting, sitting in Becky's lap, at the table, and the other one is in the car seat on the table. Like, oh, okay. Okay, I think Becky just may win the worst outfit of the episode. Ugh. It's, it's like, it's not even real autumn colors. It's like moss green, um, mustard seed yellow, um, uh, I can't tell what kind of, I can't even, the some, like, off, not even burgundy, somewhere between burgundy, like a deep, dark, rusty, red, I don't know. It's just hideous. And Danny says, as they're going to the door, Joey, I hope you know what you're getting yourself into, because my sister is a pretty serious athlete. And Danny tells him, like, you're not exactly in tip-top condition. And Joey tells Danny, like, hey, Wendy likes me for who I am, all right? I don't need to do anything special to impress her. So when Danny opens the door, Joey is, like, on the floor pretending to do 100 push-ups. No, he's, like, doing, like, 180, 181, 182. Oh, my goodness. Wendy comes in with her bike already. He's like, hey, Wendy, and she says, hi, Joey, and he tells her, oh, just doing my morning pump-up. Today I'm working on abs, pecs, and lobes. And she says, oh, lobes, you're working out your ears, huh? He says, yep, feel the definition in these babies. <laughs> and she's, she, she touches his ears, earlobe and says, oh, I love a man with ears of steel. Ew. <laughs> and Danny says, yeah, and his brain is one big ball of aluminum foil. So Joey is like, all right, let's throw those bikes on the wreck of, uh, on the hood of your car and let's head out. And she, 
basically breaks it to him like, oh, I don't have a rack. I don't even have a car. And Danny says, uh, or not Danny, I'm sorry, Joey's like, um, well, the trail's like 20 miles away. How the heck are we going to get there? <laughs> and Wendy, again, yeah, I understand where Danny's saying you really, she's very physically, you know, this is just what Wendy does. She clearly biked from wherever, her apartment or wherever she's staying to their house. It's like nothing to her. She probably bikes to her job all the time. So she is physically fit to be able to, she could go 20 miles on a bike. It's no problem for her. But Joey, who uh, can't remember the last time he rode a bike, and I mean a bicycle and not a motorcycle, because that is Jesse's department. <laughs> and Wendy says, yeah, we'll just ride our bikes. And Joey's like, yeah, sure, uh, the nice 20-mile uh, bike ride there will be a nice warm-up, and the 20-mile back will be a nice uh, cool-down. He is not going to be able to walk the next day. She's going to have to carry him into the house. Be, I mean, I don't even think, if you were even to try to space out those 20 miles, like take constant breaks and everything, I really wonder. <laughs> it was like, yeah, all you're going to be thinking about as you're riding there is like knowing you're going to have to go 20 miles. You're going to have to do that all over again. And that's, that's just to get there and get back. That's not including that they're originally going to bike. Or, yeah, you're going to get there. You're, you're not going to want to. Joey's not going to want to bike anymore. He's like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Take the taxi home. <laughs> Danny, come and get me. <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah, he is not going to be able to move. <laughs> Danny says, oh, yeah, especially for a guy who can do 180 push-ups without breaking a sweat. And Joey says, Danny, you're absolutely right. I am in tip-top riding condition. <laughs> he breaks out his bike. He's got the banana seat. That is for a casual bike ride and bike riding in the park on the sidewalk. That is not a, I'm going 20 miles there and 20 miles back. That bike is not, that's like a, I'm on, I'm down at the beach riding a bike with a banana seat and the big white wall tires. Those are casual bikes. The, I mean, she's got a regular, like, mountain bike bike where that is what you use when you're getting to and from your job if you live in the city and you don't have a car. Which you probably figure she doesn't live that far anyway from her job, so she doesn't really need to have a car. How is she... Okay, then how is she getting around with different ginger, like, hanging on her back while she's riding to the zoo? Which wouldn't be an issue for Ginger, but gonna get a lot of uh, looks from uh, passersby. Like, hey, so that lady just—did I just see that lady with a monkey on her back? That was a monkey, right? Wow, you don't see that every day—a monkey uh, riding on the back of a woman who's riding on a bike. Joey pulls out his bike. The seat is raised so high. God, just hope the old bike can take it. He's probably had that bike since he was like eight years old. <laughs> and and even Wendy is like, she's got the biker shorts. She's got like the riding. You definitely know people you see on bikes that are regular. They're committed. They're wearing the getup to ride the bike on a regular. They're regular bike riders. They got 
you know, the clothes for it, which you probably want to wear, depending, I mean, you want to wear loose-ish fitting clothes, so that way you're not getting, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, hot, not hives, chafing, chafing on your legs or whatever, you know, you know how you get, you know how you get when you're doing that, you're riding and whatnot, if you haven't done it in a while, you're going to be hurting. She is picturing herself riding her bike next to Joey riding his casual bike from when he was 10, because she's like, that's your bike? I think it's not so much that she's embarrassed, I think it's the fact that, Joey, you are not going to be able to do this. That bike is not made for what we're going to be doing. <laughs> Joey's like, oh yeah, I mean, all the top riders are going back to the banana seat. I swear I had a bike with a banana seat. They actually make bike seats. Like, you can get, like, a bike seat cover that is, like, really, really, like, gel soft, like, cushiony or memory foam for your butt. And it makes riding a bike, at least the comfort part on that top end, feel a smidge less uncomfortable. But... I'm sure that you'll change your mind after you've been riding your bike for, like, three or five miles. <laughs> okay, you know what? It doesn't really make a difference anymore. It still hurts. My butt is still sore. She just says, okay. <laughs> like, Joey, you are in for a world of heart later. My sister moved back to San Francisco. You've been walking around the house singing show tunes. That is just not true. Huh? 76 trombones. <laughs> Joey, I hope you know what you're getting yourself into. I mean, my sister is a pretty serious athlete. You're not exactly in tip-top physical condition yet. Hey, Wendy happens to like me for who I am. I don't have to do anything special to try and impress her. Hey. Hey, Danny. How you doing? Just doing my little morning pump up. Today I'm working on uh, abs, pecs, and um, lobes. Lobes? Working out your ears? Yep. Feel the definition in these babies. Oh, I'd love a man with ears of steel. <laughs> and his brain is one big ball of aluminum foil. All right. Let's throw those bikes on your rack and head on out. I don't have a bike rack. I don't even have a car. Well, the trail's 20 miles away. How the heck are we going to get there? Ride our bike. Oh, sure. Yeah, the 20-mile uh, the ride there will be a nice warm-up, and the 20-mile ride back will be a nice little cool-down. Especially for a guy who can do 180 push-ups without breaking a sweat. You're absolutely right. I am in tip-top riding condition. Yes, sirree. I just hope the old bike can take it. That's your bike? Oh, yeah, a lot of the top riders are going back to the banana seat. <laughs> so Michelle is standing at the top of the stairs in the studio, leaning over the railing, asking, Hello, is anyone here? Clearly, yes, we see that Jesse is not down there. And she runs right over to the music sound effect 
system that's sitting on a stool. She says, this looks like fun. And then we see, I'm going to go, this girl is like a fairy princess version of Michelle with that pink dress and she's wearing like a flower crown. So basically we get to see Michelle's conscience playing out for all of us to witness. Of course, the fairy godmother one with the flower crown and dress is going to be her good side, the good conscience. She says, oh, this looks like big fun. And then she goes to put her hands on it. And then the fairy godmother (laughs) flower child here shakes her finger at Michelle and says, ah, ah, ah. Michelle's hands are hovering uh, above the sound effect machine, and her mouth is just agape, like, and the little fairy princess here says, Michelle Elizabeth Tanner, I am shocked. Michelle says, so am I, who are you? I'm sure she's used to hearing voices in her head that are her conscience, but then again, she rarely ever gets into trouble. But then season four's crime and crimes in Michelle's demeanor, whether or not she was hearing those two voices, her good conscience and her bad one, we'll never know because it was all would have been interior. And she says, I'm the good Michelle. I tell you the right thing to do. Here we go with the bad Michelle, who's wearing a Leather jacket, black leather boots, also a do-rag, and with some black dangly earrings. And she said, don't listen to that wimp. And Michelle immediately figures it out. Oh, oh, you must be the bad Michelle. And the bad Michelle says, duh. Because, yeah, she's wearing a do-rag with red skulls on it. And the good Michelle is saying, don't listen to her. And Bad Michelle says, stick a sock in a goodie pants. This is kind of cute, seeing her act non-Michelle, like just her t- her conscience playing the good side and the bad side. Like, what is Michelle going to do? Michelle immediately tells Bad Michelle, you've got a bad attitude. And Bad Michelle says, thanks, now break the stupid rules. I thought she was going to say, now break the stupid thing. Like, I... She's going to have Michelle break it. And Michelle says, but I'll get in trouble. Michelle, if you were that worried about getting in trouble, you wouldn't even be in that studio right now. You would be in the living room or your bedroom or the kitchen. And Bam Michelle, shaking Michelle's shoulder, says, not if you don't get caught. Yeah, like no one's going to, I get it, it's a soundproof room. But even so, maybe Jesse just ducked out. Stairs real quick to take a phone call or something. He was going to be right back. But there's no way that someone is not hearing all that noise when she starts playing with it. And good Michelle says, good girls always follow the rules. Michelle folds, intertwines her fingers like she's praying. Says, what do I do? What do I do? Well, sweetie, I'll tell you what you do. You back away from the machine. You walk up the stairs. You go to the kitchen, you get yourself a glass of milk and a cookie. You put your way yourself away from the temptation. 
You surround yourself with other people. So, of course, bad Michelle. She's just tempting Michelle. What are you, a chicken? Why is that the thing that gets people? Like, Marty McFly in Battle of Future, those movies. Anyone calls him a chicken and he immediately gives in and wants to fight some the person who's antagonizing him. And good Michelle is saying, be good, be good. While bad Michelle, arms tucked into the armpits, flapping her fake her arms like their wings, like, bah, 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 bah. like uh, Michelle, come on. And of course, while good Michelle saying, be good, be good, <laughs> bad Michelle is acting like she's Arsenio going, party, party, party. Michelle keeps looking back and forth between good Michelle and bad Michelle. Like, I don't know what to do. And Michelle finally says, enough, it's party time. And she starts playing with this music sound effect machine. She even starts touching the the keyboard and everything. Like, girl. And of course, Bad Michelle says, you're bad to the bone. And good Michelle says, where did I go wrong with her? Yes. This looks like big fun. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Michelle Elizabeth Tanner, I am shocked. So am I. Who are you? I'm the good Michelle. I tell you the right thing to do. Don't listen to that, whip. Uh-oh, you must be the bad Michelle. Duh. Don't listen to her. Stick a sock in a goodie pants. You got a bad attitude. Now go on, break this stupid rule. But I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Not if you don't get caught. Good girl. Always follow the rules. What do I do? What do I do? What are you? Chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Jessie catches Michelle. Her <laughs> inner voices, her conscience, good and bad, both boom. They just disappear in a puff of smoke of just nothing. They're gone. So now Jessie comes out and she's like, Michelle, what are you doing? Actually takes Michelle by the arm and moves her over to well, near the stairs, but I guess there's like a little ottoman that he sits her down on. And he, he says, he asks her, hey, didn't I just tell you not to touch my stuff? And of course, Danny is one, apparently wondering where Jesse is. Like, hey, Jess. And Michelle hears Danny's voice. He says, oh, don't tell Danny. He'll get me in trouble. Like, sweetie, I think you need to be in trouble. You broke the rules. You think that Jesse's going to cover for you? No. Yeah, apparently he must have been, that door must be hanging open and Danny was in the kitchen and he came down. He's like, hey, is everything okay down here? Mich 
Oh, <laughs> gives an a-okay. Everything is super. <laughs> and Jesse says, no, Danny, everything is not super. She was down here playing with my stuff after I specifically told her not to. She's like, yeah, Jesse is not going to cover you for you. You may be his favorite niece, but you need to be held accountable for your actions. Apparently, she's forgotten that timeout she had back in season four during Crimes and Michelle's dis uh, misdemeanor. Crimes and Michelle's demeanor or something. And Danny says, really? He turns to Michelle and asks, Michelle, did you do that? And Michelle's first arms were apparently just like, I was just having fun. And Danny says, well, your fun is over now because for the rest of the day, you're going to be in your room. And no TV. And Michelle asks, can I rent the videotape? And then Danny specifies, no tapes, no cable, no pay-per-view. Basically, no TV whatsoever. You're going to be in your room the whole day. And Michelle can't believe her ears. She says, you got to be kidding me. And Danny says, no, I'm not. You break the rules, you're going to be punished. She's like, yeah, she's forgotten everything she learned, like, a season ago. Michelle immediately throws blame onto Uncle Jesse. Thanks a lot, Uncle Tattletale. Sweetie, you were in the wrong. You deserve to be punished. Says, I am not a tattletale. Danny, she just called me a... And Jesse says, well, you should not have been down here messing with my stuff after I told you not to. Oh, she is throwing the guilt so hard at Jesse. She says, I thought that I was your little munchkin. I guess I was wrong. And Danny's like, all right, Michelle, let's go. It's like, kid, it doesn't matter if you are still his munchkin, but you cannot just go about doing whatever you want because you're his little munchkin. He's not going to forgive you. Oh, it's okay. She can do whatever she wants to my studio, and I'll still, like, no, 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 no. I mean, like I said, they really should have started laying down the rules and continued to do so when she was misbehaving. You don't just punish her once and have her sit in a corner and then just allow her to do whatever constantly all the time. She's not going to learn a lesson. And before she follows Danny out of the studio, she says to Jesse, I hope you're happy. Jesse, he has, he's got this, I don't know whether it's an exasperated look or he's feeling bad, but it's like, no, he is 100% in the right here. He had every right to tell Danny what she was doing. He's not going to cover for her. Didn't I just tell you not to touch my stuff? Yeah. Don't tell Daddy, you'll get me in trouble. Hey, is everything okay down here? Everything is super. No, everything is not super. She's down here playing around with my stuff after I specifically told her not to. Really? Did you do that, Michelle? I'm just having fun. Well, your fun is over now. For the rest of the day, you're going to be in your room and no TV. Can I rent the videotape? No tapes, no cable, no pay-per-view. You've got to be kidding. No, I'm not. You break the rules, you're going to be punished. Thanks a lot, Uncle Tattletale. I'm not a tattletale. Danny, she just called me a... All right, so I'm a tattletale, but, but, but it's not my fault because you were messing around with my stuff. I thought I was your little munchkin, but I was wrong. 
Oh, okay, Michelle, that's enough. Now come with me up to your room. I hope you're happy. So we go up to Michelle's room. She's sitting on her bed. Comet is comforting her, at least until Danny shouts, Hey, Comet, you want to go for a walk? And boom, he is off that bed, off that bed faster than a firefly. <laughs> Danny could have said, Hey, Comet, you want a piece of steak? Zoom, he's gone. Left a cloud of dust in his wake. What am I talking about? Dust. There's no dust in that house. This is Danny Tanner's house. He launches over the end of her bed like zoom. Now Michelle's alone and she says, oh, I'm totally bummed. And here comes good Michelle and bad Michelle. Which I can imagine she doesn't want to talk to either of them. Because right away... Good Michelle says, I hope you learned your lesson. And bad Michelle appears and says, hey, princess, go, go kiss a frog. And Michelle correctly directs her anger right at bad Michelle, saying, you got me in trouble. And bad Michelle retorts with, hey, that wasn't me. That was Uncle Tattletale. What is all this Jesse, Uncle Jesse hate? She says, he is a blabbermouth. Oh my gosh, what is bad Michelle implying? She asks Michelle as she sits on the bed. You want to make him very sorry? And good Michelle is trying to pull Michelle back over to the good side here by telling bad Michelle, you need to mind your own business. You've done enough. You're the reason she's grounded and sitting in her room all day with no TV. Uh, before we leave this scene, I want to say... Um, Stephanie's comforter bedspread, it's this dark blue, and I'm just like, come on, we couldn't have had something with colors. I mean, I know in season seven, we get the bedroom makeover, which I love, but it just, I mean, Mr. Bear's sitting on top by the pillows, and I'm just like, come on, add some color. That is just, mm, I don't like it. And Michelle says, now, now, be polite. And she she's going to listen to Bad Michelle. How do I make him sorry? And Bad Michelle says, you run away from home. Okay, you're trying, uh, you're making it a thousand times worse. She's really trying to stick it to Uncle Jesse with wanting him to feel guilty for her getting in trouble. Because she's only five and she doesn't want to accept responsibility for her own mistakes. See, I told you guys, they should have been punishing her as early as age two or three. You know, you let her rule the roost around there. You let her have her own way all the time. And when you go to punish her, she's going to push back. You know, guys, come on. You know if Pam were still around, Michelle would not be like this at all. And good Michelle is just like, <gasps> And Bam Michelle is telling Michelle, oh, and then Uncle Jesse will never squeal on you again. No, you're still going to have rules and limits. Michelle, that's fine with her. Like, all right, sounds good to me. I'm out of here. And she goes and gets a suitcase. I love how the suitcase is just inside the closet. The closet door is open. The suitcase is right there on the edge, ready for her to open and start 
pulling clothes out of the dresser and shoving them in there. She doesn't even know where she's gonna go yet. Although maybe she's got an idea like, eh, Teddy. Teddy will, uh, let me stay at his place. And good Michelle's trying, he's pleading, she's pleading with Michelle. Michelle, be a good girl. She is pulling, like, this big, large dresser drawer filled with clothes, and she's just heaping it into this small suitcase. I mean, this suitcase, yes, it's made for a kid, which is basically, it's like an overnight bag in suitcase form. She's taking, I looking at what she's pulling out of there, it's basically majority sleep clothes, like nighttime clothes mixed with another denim dress that she's already wearing. And bad Michelle's saying, pack that suitcase. And good Michelle tells her, this is a big, big mistake. Bad Michelle hops off the bed, goes over, gets in good Michelle's face and says, get a life. And just taunting her. Like, Good Michelle is just looking at Bad Michelle like, oh my, oh please with you. So is Bad Michelle who Michelle would be if there were literally no rules at all to follow in that house? Like if she's just allowed to do whatever she wants, she basically pretty much is. Seems like Bad Michelle is controlling Michelle more easily and Michelle's more willing to listen to her than to listen to Good Michelle. got bad Michelle and clearly they're clip-ons. I don't think those girls have pierced ears. Either of them do. Because that would be that would be too young. Let's go visit Teddy and his family. They're playing Monopoly. Cool. Right, so here's what I'm guessing they would have used both Maori twins, uh, Tia and Tamara. Because we see the family first they're at the coffee table playing Monopoly. There's the one twin. And then we cut away as Teddy walks to the door because, you know, Michelle's there. And then I think when we cut back to seeing Teddy's sister, the other twin is playing her. So I think that's how they clearly did that. I believe this all happened in the course of basically one day, this whole episode. But then again, doesn't it, I mean, it seems like 
most episodes half the time are like in the course of 24 hours or sometimes they happen over the course of a couple days. I love that door on the outside anyway because it's it's teal and then it's got like horizontal. Hey Jeremy, is horizontal is that up and down or across? So vertical is up and down. Okay. Yeah, they got these vertical um, rectangles that have uh, this kind of a light, light blue color. And so it's just, I, I, I would love a door like that. I don't know. I like the color teal. So Teddy, of course, is surprised to see Michelle there. And Michelle says, hi, Teddy. Can I live with you? And of course, he's all for it. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. Hey, she managed to get that suitcase closed. All right. Good girl. Teddy closes the door, turns around and says, hey, guess what? Michelle's going to live with us. Yeah, that's news to her family. Um, wait, what? Wait a second, what now? Hi, Michelle. <laughs> and right away, Teddy's parents are concerned because Teddy's dad asks, do your parent, does your dad know that you're here? Michelle says, no, when you run away, you don't tell. So she's clearly telling the truth here. It's not like she lied and said, oh, yeah, he knows. Yeah, he said it's okay that I can live with you. Yeah, she's not going to say that. And Teddy's mom definitely wants to figure out why Michelle ran away. Because she's like, oh, sweetheart, why did you run away? And Michelle says to teach Uncle Tattletale a lesson. And, of course, Teddy's sister says, oh, she's real cute. Can we keep her? Speaking of, yeah, we got we got that um, the same thing with Joey's windbreaker uh, pants and jacket. It's that Charlotte Hornets from the 90s, teal and purple. We got the teal shirt with the purple polka dots and the purple headband. Yeah, she, oh my gosh, she's real cute. Can we keep her? I, I'm sure she's like, oh, I would love a little sister. <laughs> and Michelle says, I'm real cute. <laughs> and I'm a fun girl. Well, no, she says, I'm a fun girl. <laughs> And Teddy's dad says, hey, look, while we can get this straightened out, you are more than welcome to stay here and hang out with Teddy. And Michelle says, thanks, new dad. <laughs> get the door, Teddy. <laughs> Who is it? Michelle Tanner. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Hi, Teddy. Can I live with you? Sure. Come on in. <laughs> Does your dad know you're here? No, when you run away, you don't tell. Why did you run away, sweetheart? Teach Uncle Tattletale a lesson. She's really cute. Can we keep her? I'm a fun girl. Well, until we get this straightened out, you're welcome to stay here. Thanks, new dad. All right. All right, in the next scene, of course, we are in the... Tanner Kitchen. Jesse's got his camcorder ready. Becky is sitting with one of the twins and it's going to be, I'm not sure whether this is Nikki or Alex, but again, Becky wearing the worst outfit of the episode award in my mind anyway. Yeah. This is what I like to refer to. These type of patterns with the different, you know, mismatched like colors and stuff like that. 
I refer to these as my as a coat of many colors type of outfit, type of shirt, coat. Kimmy also had something similar. And when I see that, that's what I refer to it as. If you don't know what Coat of Many Colors is, it is a song by Dolly Parton. Look up the lyrics. It's such a good song. I believe they even made a movie about it as well. So It's just a bunch of fabric pieces sewn together to make an outfit, a shirt, a coat, whatever. Oh, of course, Jesse's got to get himself in the shot. Oh, here's a shot of the proud father watching. So if this is the case, then the babies aren't taking formula anymore unless, I mean, if Becky was also, you know, nursing the, the boys, which I believe she was doing after she brought them home. So the boys do look, I would say, they gotta be, I'd say six months old at this point. I don't know what, I mean, every baby is different as far as when it comes to when they're ready to give up on the nursing, the bottle, and try solid foods. I know somebody who was trying to feed their three-month-old baby a french fry from McDonald's, and I'm just like, just because the baby's interested in it, I, I would not be... <laughs> yeah, I would not... Yeah, if I had a three-month-old baby, even if they even showed any remote interest in a french fry, I'm like, no, 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 no. You, that, you work your way up something like that just because a baby can gum down a french fry doesn't mean it he or she necessarily should not at all and becky's got to bring jesse down to earth like hey hon um would you mind if we get some photos of footage of the baby this is kind of his big mo so i'm kind of wondering if both boys are on the same level of ready for if they're both ready for solid food or is one more clinging to you know the bottle or nursing still like one's ready but the other one isn't or are they kind of trying to keep both babies on the same track of okay we're both we're gonna wean you off this we're gonna both put you at solid food or does the baby say well the baby doesn't talk, but the baby decides when the baby is ready for solid food. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a parent, so I'm just guessing. Okay, so first up on the menu is strained bananas. I'm like, all right, yeah, go with something good. Who doesn't like strained bananas? What does that mean, strained? I mean, mushed up and, uh, like, pureed with, like, some water or something? Like, basically pureed bananas? Jesse is filming Becky putting the spoon into the strained bananas and getting ready to approach the baby's mouth with a, a gi giant spoonful. Like, I don't I'm trying to see if this is like a baby spoon or is she using like a general regular spoon, like metal spoon. I'm like, they make the baby ones that have that padding on it so that way it's probably more comfortable for the baby. Because what baby wants cold metal in their mouth? Yeah, that looks like a regular metal cereal breakfast spoon. And she's got so much on that spoon, even though it's small, you know most of that stuff's going to come back out. I would just, like, eat little, itty, little, little bits just to give, like, a taste to get them used to it. That is, like, a, like, literally, like, a heaping spoon. That is like a spoonful that an adult would take if they're eating pudding or oatmeal. He's probably like spitting it up. It's like, my mouth, I can't hold all this in. 
<laughs> Luckily, he's wearing a, um, oh, what is that thing called? It's a uh, bib. Yes. So, yeah, that stuff's just going to fall right out of the bib. My, Jesse, just with his camera, he wants to be on screen all the time. He's like, here's another shot of the father encouraging his son. Come on, son, do it for dad. Do it for dad. Like, Jesse, please, you're missing what we're, the whole main point of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get our son's first moments with solid food, and you keep switching the camera back to a close-up of your face. And the whole time he's like, like checking out his reflection in the camera lens, which... I don't know how good. Yeah, and he's like, like, brushing like his fingers through the side of his hair, and it's just like, come on, Jess, focus. Even the baby looks irritated, like confused, because his eyebrows are just. Uh, what are you doing? Okay, so we're gonna try number two. There's still just. It looks like there's still way too much on that spoon. Okay, actually, no. It does look like it's a little bit less than what it was before and she puts them the spoon just a little bit you know just give them a taste so it's not like shoving a whole spoonful that an adult would take into a baby's mouth he seems to like it i mean staying in which is good still has this baby still has that's the thing with the babies it just it seems like they always have this confused look on their face like they don't know where they are or who they're with like well i know that you're not my parent and you're not my mother so uh yeah okay it is nikki okay because jesse says way to go nick and meanwhile Deanna comes downstairs wondering where michelle went to because he probably went upstairs to check on her since she's you know doing her punishment time out in her bedroom like have you seen michelle i don't she's supposed to be in her room i don't see her and you got, so, well, Jesse and Wendy, we never get to see how that goes. I would have loved some closure. Wendy probably has to try to, like, drag or carry Joey in. I mean, 20 miles, That you know he's not doing 20 miles. You know he's going to stop after, like, five miles. Like, <laughs> can't do it. Even the banana, the comfort of the banana seat bicycle is just, it's not enough. Like, I can't. And Wendy's used to it. She, you know, bikes all the time from wherever she lives to her job. So it's, like, nothing to her. Danny even said, my sister's really physically you know, active and fit and everything, and she's, you're not going to be able to keep up with her, Joey. <laughs> and Jesse says, oh, what do you mean she's not in her room? She's grounded. And yeah, she is, but she's not there. Yeah, and Danny said he, she checked the entire house, and she isn't anywhere. Yeah, she's got to be somewhere. Uh, did you check, uh, I don't know, the backyard? <laughs> they got a doghouse. Comet's there go find look in the doghouse look he looked everywhere inside the house try looking outside of the house okay danny finally is like all right i'll check the backyard and jesse says he'll check the front because she's probably hiding in the mailbox <laughs> all right this is a big moment back it's our son's first attempt at solid food and here's a shot of the crowd father watching <laughs> funny why don't we get some video of the baby? Oh, yeah. Okay, we should get the kid, too. All right, here we go. <laughs> okay. We're going to start with the strained bananas. And action. All right. Okay. Grabbing the spoon. The spoon's in the strained bananas. The strained bananas are going into the mouth. And... 
here's another shot of the proud father watching. Jess. Sorry, back to the baby. Open wide. Here we go. That is Straight way in. too much. In. Uh, yeah, he's spinning it Here's the proud father encouraging his son. Come on, son, you can do it. Do it for dad. Do it for dad. Sorry. Back to the baby. Okay, take two. And strain bananas in. And it's a keeper. All right. Way to go, Nick. Hey, have you guys seen Michelle? She's not in her room. What do you mean she's not in her room? She's grounded. Yeah, I checked the whole house. I don't know where she is. She's got to be around here somewhere. I'll check the front. I'll check the backyard. Michelle! Michelle! Yeah. So as they go, get ready to go look for her, the phone rings. And it turns out Michelle is at Teddy's. It's, of course his parents are going to call the Tanners just to find out, like, what is going on? Michelle said she wants to live with us. She also mentioned Uncle Tattletale. Is everything okay over there? Dan after Danny says hello, the next thing he says is, oh, thank God. Because he's probably imagining the worst. If his daughter's not in the house, she's not in the backyard or the front yard. Who's to say where exactly she could be? Danny says, yeah. Okay, we're going to be right over. Teddy's dad's name is Henry. And Danny tells Jesse, Michelle ran away to Teddy's house. She, she went down the street to Teddy's house. She ran away from home. And Jesse and Becky, wait, what? And... Becky, of course, doesn't know what happened downstairs in the studio. She's like, what? Why would she do that? Jesse says, well, she was mad at me. She called me Uncle Tattletale. And Danny's all ready to, he, he's ready, like, I am ready to go over there and dole out some punishment. I'm going to see to it that she never runs away again. And I honestly like, Jesse stopped, D Danny, wait, 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 come here. Okay. I have an idea that would definitely guarantee she will never run away again. Because Danny, he's scared, he's frustrated, and you know he's just going to charge over there and just, you know, not handle the situation well. But what Jesse cooks up is very creative. I think it's because he, his dad did this when Jesse ran away. Because Becky asked Danny, what are you going to do? And Danny says, first I'm going to hug her, then I'm going to kiss her, then I'm going to ground her for life. Yeah. Jesse's like, hold it there, tall man. Let's do what my father did to me when I ran away from home. I guarantee you she'll never run away from home again. Cheryl! Cheryl! Hello? Oh, thank God. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll be, we'll be right over. Thanks, Henry. Well... Michelle went down the street to Teddy's house. She ran away from home. What? What? Why would she do that? Well, she was mad at me. She called me Uncle Tattletail. Well, I'm going to see to it she never runs away again. Well, what are you going to do? First I'm going to hug her, then I'm going to kiss her, then I'm going to ground her for life. <laughs> Hold the tall man. I got a better idea. What? Just do what my dad did to me when I ran away. I guarantee she'll never do it again. So now we go to DJ's room, plot B, of course, is her trying to get Stephanie and Kimmy to hash out their differences and try to find something that they agree upon. 
She actually has her computer chair and another computer chair with DJ in the middle, Stephanie's on one side, Kimmy on the other. And Kimmy's just like, DJ, why are we doing this? And Stephanie tells her, come on, it's never going to work. Okay, wow, that sounds like a weak episode on Geraldo. Because DJ, this is where she got, she was kind of got the idea from Geraldo. Little sisters and best friends who hate each other on the next Geraldo. Like, I'm sure this will work. Well, you are no Geraldo, so we'll see. <laughs> Stephanie kind of like, oh, DJ, give me a break, please. This is not, why are you forcing this? It's never going to happen. It will. It'll be much, much later down the road, though. And DJ says, you know what? All you got to do is find something that you have in common. Each time you agree, you move your chairs closer. When you disagree, you move your chairs back. Simple, simple. DJ asks, do you understand? And Stephanie says, we're not idiots. And Kimmy says, speak for yourself. <laughs> I just love Stephanie's raised eyebrow. Like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try too hard with Kimmy to get her to insult herself. All right, so we find out that Stephanie's favorite book is Charlotte's Web, and Kimmy's favorite book is... How to Pick Up Boys. I wonder if that's an actual book title. Yeah, I looked it up on Goodreads. Doesn't look like it's a real book. But it does sound like something that Kimmy would definitely read. And DJ says, see, there you go. You each read a book. And then Kimmy burst DJ's bubble saying, well, actually, I didn't read it. It was a book on tape. Honestly, that still counts as being read. Even if you're listening to it with your ears and not reading a physical book, it still counts. I mean, you want to know how many people's Goodreads reading challenges would uh, be pretty low if they were only allowed to read physical books? It'd be pretty low. <laughs> uh, DJ thought she had a win here, but Kimmy and Stephanie, to further the point that they just don't get along or have anything in common, more than happily push their chairs back farther apart. And DJ says, okay, moving right along. Stephanie, what's your favorite food? Stephanie says, pizza. And that honestly, to me, feels like not just a kid in the 90s, but I, I wonder if now that it, that's still kind of a staple. Oh, but your favorite food, pizza, like, or chicken, or, I mean, when you think of favorite food, does that mean, like, Favorite food to eat for dinner? Because you're not just going to sit there and snack on pizza. That's more of a... To me, that's like a dinner or a lunch thing. Whereas if someone asked me, like, right now, what my favorite food is, it wouldn't be so much related to dinner options. It'd be more kind of snacking. And definitely, right now, my favorites, there are actually two of them right at the moment. There is the Pringles Hot Honey Chips, which you can only get at Walmart. It says so right on the canister. And then also, which you can only get at Walmart right now, that is the Stina Fuego Toast Crunch. It is basically cinnamon toast crunch, but it's got a, a real hot cinnamon kick to it, which 
I think a bag a bag of that is at least gonna run you like six bucks. But you can get I mean if you were even to put milk on it, I mean if maybe it would kind of make the heat not nearly as much. I don't know. But uh, those are my two favorites. As far as for breakfast, what I've been eating a lot lately that I'm kind of hooked on is the Quaker Oat Instant Oatmeal Cookies and Cream Flavor, which is really good. And DJ says, hey, Kimmy, there you go. You love pizza. Ah, uh, but Kimmy, she's got an ace in her up her sleeve. She says, not as much as I love trout. Ugh. I mean, teach their own with the fish and everything. I haven't had, like, real fish fish. Except for the Gordon food, the Gordon's Fisherman ones that come in a yellow bag. I haven't had real, like, fish fish, like, either from a restaurant or homemade since probably I was a kid. And along with John Silver's to me, I mean, that, I don't know if I would honestly count that. Maybe a smidge, but I mean, when I refer to fish, like, homemade fish, like, your family like, fries it up on the stove, or I don't know. I know there's other ways to make fish. I want to try that sometime. Oh, give me smiles as she and Stephanie again push their chairs farther back. Stephanie's had enough of this. She says, DJ, this is so stupid. And Kimmy says, it sure is. And DJ says, hey, you both agree. You agree this game is stupid. Move your chairs closer. This is going to backfire in DJ's face. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> and DJ says, come on, let's keep going. And Stephanie says, I don't want to keep going. And Stephanie says, you're always telling me what to do. Oh, oh, her best friend turns on her. She looks at DJ glaring at her and says, yeah, she's so bossy. So Stephanie and Kimmy have found a mutual... They're in a mutual agreement here that they think DJ is bossy. Yeah, she's so bossy, I'm sick of it. And Stephanie says, we agree again. Okay, push our chairs closer. Thing what Kimmy says here, and DJ is always late. Well, we learned from Jesse when Danny was having issues with finding... He keeps canceling these dates because he's finding the perfect woman. I think that is the one lost in the dust and he kept canceling dates because he found something wrong with these women. It was always like physical type things like, oh, her earlobe is too big or some weird stuff like that. But the fact that and he's saying how Pam was absolutely perfect, I was married to the perfect woman. And Jesse says, oh, come on, Danny, she was not perfect. She was always late. Part of me wonders if that's where DJ gets that from. Like, okay, she's got one of her... I mean, I'm sure she got other of her mom's traits in her, but I guess maybe that could be a trait she got from her mom. She's always late. <laughs> and Stephanie says, I know, the hairspray queen. Yeah, Stephanie has, she has to look perfect at all times. It's crazy. And Kimmy says, yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know she's never complimented my hair? And Stephanie agrees. Hey, me, me neither. I just, she's never said anything about my hair. And they move closer. And DJ says, yeah, I think you got the idea. Because now Kimmy and Stephanie are now touching knees. And they're, they're that close. Kimmy is just using this opportunity to just unload on all the things she dislikes about DJ. 
Yeah, I tried to get her to, like, calm down and chill out, but when DJ's on one of her power trips, forget about it. And Stephanie said, did you ever watch TV with her? And Kimmy tells, yeah, yeah, I mean, she never lets go of the remote. And <laughs> DJ's having to sit on the edge of her bread, just, like, back, head back and forth, like, oh, my gosh, am I really that horrible? <laughs> DJ's like, you know, now that we're all friends, how about we change the subject? Yeah, they're not even, DJ is no longer in the room. <laughs> Stephanie said, hey, and you trying to share a bathroom with her? You may as well go down to the Texaco station. And it's just kind of interesting is the fact that, yeah, at this point in time, Joey is having to share a bathroom with three girls. I mean, he would, you, and Danny would be, well, Danny's got his own, I thought he had his own, like, unless it's just, it may just be a sink and a toilet in his bathroom off of his bedroom. I don't know if there's an actual shower in there. Because if there isn't, then he's having to share at least shower time. There's like umpteen people, at least five people trying to share one bathroom. I mean, that's really honestly no different than nine people. Like the Brady Bunch, you got the parents, the six kids, and Alice, who clearly must live on the premises. Because why wouldn't she? All sharing one bathroom. And I remember that because the girls and the boys each have a sliding door. Their bedrooms are on opposite sides of the bathroom. But, yeah, whoever... This is not the first time we've gotten a Texaco joke. I swear we've gotten this at least maybe two times since then. But I think they drop it eventually. There's another, yeah. And it's mainly said by Stephanie, this whole... Connie Chung thing, like, one of the writers really likes Connie Chung, or they really like or dislike the Texaco station, because they're throwing it in there. I'm guessing they really like the Texaco station, because, uh, otherwise, yeah. And it's always said by, it seems like Stephanie is always, oh no, Joey had said that too, the Texaco station. Yeah, it was, I think it was Goodbye Mr. Bear, or it was, um... That other one that had uh, the trouble with Danny was like, I've cleaned every toilet in the house, so please, if you have to go, go to the Texaco station. And Kimmy says, oh, I could go on for hours. Do you like frozen yogurt? And Stephanie says, oh, yeah, of course I love it. And Kimmy says, strawberry? <laughs> Stephanie says, my favorite. They both, like, leave DJ in the dust. Kimmy and Stephanie do. And DJ runs to grab her coat thinking she's invited. Like, girls, I like frozen yogurt too! Like, no, this is clearly a Stephanie and Kimmy time. You will never ever see this again in Full House where they actually agree on something. The only other thing that they work together on, and I haven't covered it, is from Season 7, The Prying Game, which I will be covering for the Sisters Double Feature Part 3, in August of 2023. You sit here, you sit here. Why do we have to do this? Yeah, it's never gonna work. Sure it is. I saw it on TV. Little sisters and best friends who hate each other on the next Geraldo. <laughs> Give me a break. Look, the idea is you guys can learn to be friends if you find things that you have in common. Now, each time you agree, you move your chairs closer. When you disagree, you move them apart. Understand? We're not idiots. Speak for yourself. 
He and Michelle are playing Old Maid. It's kind of funny because I recognize those Old Maid cards because my grandma had the same ones at her house that me and my cousins would play. And it's kind of funny because <laughs> we could always tell whichever person had the Old Maid because there's a long crease going down it. So whichever one of us was trying to get rid of it would get irritated because the person knew you had it. They weren't going to pick that. No one else wanted to lose. <clears throat> Three cards. And she says, pick a card, any card. And she's pointing at the top one in the middle that's above the other two. And Teddy, <laughs> do, you pick the card you want to pick. You don't go based on the one she's pointing to and wanting you to pick. Because he picked it, he's like, oh, man, I got the old maid again. I like how sparky the dog is. Basically, his head is resting on Michelle's lap, and it's so sweet. <laughs> like Michelle's comment, don't play this for money. And Michelle asks Teddy, Teddy, where am I going to sleep tonight? And he says, I don't know. We're out of bed. You might have to sleep in the kitchen with Sparky, dog. And Michelle says, I used to have a dog. Those were the days. It's interesting how... <laughs> This dog was used in season four's episode One Last Kiss for Comet's first birthday. He was also sparky and Michelle had actually kidnapped the dog, like hid him in her stuffed animals on her bed. Also, he makes a reappearance in season Later in season five, I believe, on the um, with Eddie from the nursing home, that uh, Teddy brings him over for the dog competition. Oh, the volunteer—that's what the episode was called. And also in season four, at the or season seven, at the end of the series, 
season seven finale in yeah season seven's a house divided the season seven finale he you also see saw him towards the very end of the episode take a card any card So the doorbell rings and Teddy's parents come out from the kitchen and Teddy's mom has Michelle's suitcase and jacket. She tells Michelle, Michelle, I think your family's here. And Michelle, oh my gosh. She says, oh, I bet they're coming to say they're sorry. Like, mm, I don't know about that. They have nothing to apologize for, honestly. Michelle's the one that needs to apologize. So Teddy's mom opens the door and says, oh, hi, Danny. Hi, Jesse. And Danny asks, oh, where's my little girl? Yeah, she's right there on the couch with Teddy. And Jesse has to remind Danny, like, Danny, now be strong. Remember the plan. Let's stick to this. It's going to work. Ah, oh, this kid. She looks up at them, doesn't say hi, Dad, says, hi, boys. Do you have anything to say to me? Well, the thing is, the fact that she, it's almost like she's, the when she's calling them, hey, boys, it's almost like she's thinking she's on the same level. That's why she doesn't treat them like, you know, they're a parent and uncle, like, because they not, they let her get away with everything. And they, she just, they don't punish her enough as far as they don't give her time out. And she thinks that there is almost like they're on the same playing field. So, because she, she, she doesn't say, hi, dad, hi, uncle Jesse. At least that's what I'm getting from this. Just her whole attitude of, hi, boys. Do you have something to say to me? And Danny says, yes, Michelle, we, we feel really bad that you left home. And of course, she's like, I know, keep going. Ah, oh, this would not fly. No kid would be allowed to speak to their parent that way at all. She's not even, she's like, this is exactly what she wants them to be saying. She wants them to feel bad. And Jesse says, oh, we miss you very much, Munchkin. And Michelle asks, and you'll never be Uncle Tattletail again? And this is the kicker. Jesse says, well, I don't know how I can be. I mean, you don't live at home anymore. You don't live with us. You don't live there. Michelle immediately jumps off the couch. She's like, I don't? I'm like, well, sweetie, you ran away from home. I don't think she understands the context of what that exactly means. Even though she was asking Teddy where she was going to sleep that night. I guess if she was just hoping that they would cave and accept blame for something she did and take the blame for getting angry and feeling them feeling guilty for getting angry and punishing her. And they were like, oh, you can come home if you want. But no, they're not going to do that. And Jesse's like, yeah, you said you don't like our rules. So, I mean, you want to live here? That's cool. We brought uh, all your stuff, extra clothes, your toothbrush, and everything you need right in here. And Michelle asks, what is this, a joke? 
And Danny says, no, no, th no, this isn't a joke, sweetie. There's nothing funny about running away from home. He kisses her on the head and says, bye-bye. Jesse kisses Michelle on the, forehead, uh, on the forehead and says, hey, see you, kiddo. If you ever need us, just, you know the number, so just give us a buzz. Teddy, the whole time, has been sitting there watching this all play out. Michelle jumps off the couch and says, wait a second, you forgot something. And they turn, and they look at her like, what did we forget? And she says, me. Danny is surprised, like, oh, really? You want to come back and live with us? And Jesse asks, even with Uncle Tattletail? Oh, Michelle is, like, near to her. like, yes, I want to go home. It's like, yes, and we want you to come home. And Danny... He's got some words for Michelle. He's like, Michelle, this was very dangerous. Don't you ever do this again. Goes over and hugs Danny. She goes over and kisses Uncle Jesse and Jesse and gives him a hug. Like, oh, we missed you, Munchkin. And Danny turns Michelle to face him and he says, Michelle, don't you ever do this again. You had us worried sick. And Jesse says, yeah, that was a very smart young lady. Like, they need to get her to understand, like, when something doesn't go your way, when you break the rules, you are going to be punished. No guilt trip, no trying to make us feel guilty for punishing you because you were clearly in the wrong. <laughs> Michelle says, you're telling me I was going to sleep with the dog. She was going to sleep in the kitchen. The family just kind of laughs at this. Well, I mean, everyone's smiling except for Teddy. I don't know what's going on. He's like, wow, this family is... Whew, bringing their drama into our house. <laughs> but apparently the rest of his family finds this just wholesome, fun entertainment. Danny said, hey, right as we cut out, I don't think I've ever caught this before. As we cut out of that scene, <laughs> she's like, if you sleep with anybody, you're gonna, it's going to be in your own home. Like, uh-huh. Michelle, I think that's your family. I bet they're coming to say they're sorry. You wish. Hi, where's my little girl? Oh, she's right here in the living room. All right, Danny, be strong. Remember the plan? Hello, boys. You have something to say to me? <laughs> yes, Michelle. We, uh, we feel very bad that you left home. I know it. Keep going. <laughs> well, uh, we miss you very much, Munchkin. And you'll never be Uncle Tattletail again? Well, I don't know how I can. You don't live with us anymore. I don't? No, remember, uh, you said you didn't like our rules, so you want to live here. That's cool. Brought you extra clothes, your toothbrush, and everything you need right here in the suitcase. What is this, a joke? Oh, no, no, it's not a joke, Michelle. There's nothing funny about running away from home. Bye-bye. See you, kid. If you need us, you know the number. Just give us a buzz. Bye, sweetheart. Wait, you forgot something. What? What did we forget? Me! Really? You mean you want to come back and live with us? Even with Uncle Tattletail? Yes, I want to go home. Oh, man. And we want you to come home. Yeah, we missed you. Michelle, don't you ever do this again. You had us worried sick. I wasn't very smart, young lady. You're telling me I was going to sleep with the dog. <laughs> Michelle is like over the moon to be able to see her her room, her bed, her stuffed pig, Pinky, because Teddy hasn't left yet. He hasn't moved away. She's like, oh, I love this place. 
But celebration time is over because Danny and Jesse need to have a conversation with her about what she did. Because I don't think she understands the ramifications of what she did by running away and just how that made them feel. Like, you need to understand that your actions affect other people. Even at five years old, there's no reason that they can't explain that to her so she can understand. Like, the next time you're punished, you're not just going to take off and just expect us to, you know, feel guilty and basically play into her hands and let her do whatever she wants. We're not doing that. Actually, yeah, Danny is actually, I guess, nowhere to be found. It's just going to be a Jesse and Michelle talk because this is a Jesse and Michelle double feature. And he, he sits down at the, the table with her in the bedroom and says, Now, listen, what you did today was very wrong. Michelle says, I know, I should never touch your stuff. And Jesse says, Yeah, that's right, but I'm referring to running away. It's like, this is, the whole running away thing is a completely separate issue because that could have ended up really, really bad. She could have been kidnapped. She could have gotten hurt. So many things could have, I don't know whether Teddy, I think he just lives down the street. So it's not like they live literally next door to each other. Everyone, I think every one of her friends, including Denise, I think even Derek, and maybe Aaron, I believe they all live right on the same block or the same street. Because you know that they would not just, even if she gets older, they're not just going to let her uh, wander around the neighborhood by herself. Whether she's five years old or eight years old. And he tells her that was very dangerous. You are not allowed to leave this house without our permission. Do you understand? And he tells her, if you have a problem, then you can come to t talk to me or you can talk to your dad or, or Joey, your, your Aunt Becky. But don't think that you can just run away and that's going to solve your problem because it, that's just making it worse. He uses that capiche. Like, I better have your word on this that you don't ever run away again. And he says, all right, kid, level with me. Why did you really run away? And she says, I was mad at you because you got me in trouble. I better look, sweetie, you got yourself in trouble by disobeying the rules. He's not gonna, yeah, he's not gonna cover for you. And Jesse says, you know, I felt terrible about getting you in trouble, but I couldn't allow you to just break the rules. And he tells her, you know, if you, if I let you slide today, you'd be doing this all the time. You need to have boundaries and, and discipline. I'm sorry if you didn't say, this is something we should have started a while ago. We've kind of let you run have the run of the house but that's gonna change you do something wrong we're gonna let you know about it and you will be punished and michelle asks am i still your little munchkin just like when after her punishment she asked danny am i still your little princess it's like that is not gonna change just because they punish you your relationship with them is not gonna change in that regard like they're not gonna love you any less because you know, you were bad and you were punished. Danny, Danny, <laughs> Jesse said, look, you can still be my little munchkin if you stop calling me Uncle Tattletail. He says, okay, Uncle Jesse. And he says, all right, are you never going to run away again? And she's like, never, ever, ever, ever. 
And I noticed behind her we have some board games that have a strip of either red tape or yellow tape because they can't exactly, I guess, show what those games are, whether it's checkers, whether it's shoots and ladders, or, or whatever, they just can't do, I guess, well, because it feels like before, when they had the Candyland game, and that's later, that's sometime in this season, you see the label, the same thing in season six, when it looks like Michelle gets another Candyland game, you see the logo on it, I think even in season one, they might have had that as well, but maybe it just depends on what it is, the game, what the game is, Jesse says, all right, let's shake on it, <laughs> Adorable. And I like how he leans forward and he says, I love you, Munchkin. And I like how she goes like, ah, like with a hand like, I know. And she says, I love you, Uncle Jesse. And he's like, I know. Aw, it's so cute. That's what I just, I love this relationship. Mike kisses her on the nose and gives her a hug. And he says, ah, I'll see you after dinner. And, and then, of course, he goes to walk away. And she wants to know, like, were you really going to just leave me at Teddy's? Jesse says, what do you think? As he pops the locks on the suitcase, the compartment opens up. There's no, it's totally empty. <laughs> Gosh, this thing is big enough for her to fit inside. That's scary. She says that was very sneaky. As soon as Jesse leaves, we see bad Michelle sitting in the chair Jesse was just occupying, saying, I got another bad idea. Michelle says, I don't want to hear it. And she says, let, Bad Michelle says, let's sneak out and watch Yo MTV raps. Michelle tells her, I want you out of here. Michelle likes the way Bad Michelle dresses. So reminiscent of Uncle Jesse in a way with his biker clothes. Good Michelle comes and sits there across the table from Michelle and says, Michelle, I'm so proud of you. Michelle says, thank you, and good Michelle tells her, and always do the right thing. And Michelle says, oh, I will. Of course, good Michelle also disappears, and Michelle thinks, get on my nerves. Well, Michelle, as we close out, goes over to her bed, opens her suitcase, which now we get to see if there's actually clothes in there, because the sink fades to black as she opens the top of the suitcase. right, but I'm talking about running away. It was very dangerous. And you're never to leave this house without our permission. If you have a problem, you come talk to me or someone else in this house, capiche? Capiche. All right. Now level with me. Why'd you really run away? I was mad at you because you got me in trouble. Well, I felt terrible about getting in trouble, but <laughs> couldn't let you get away with breaking the rules because if you did it today, you'd do it all the time. That's not cool. Am I still your little munchkin? I'll tell you what, you can still be my little munchkin if you stop calling me Uncle Tattletale. Okay, Uncle Jesse. All right, you're never going to run away again? Never, ever, ever, ever. All right, let's shake on it. Ready? <laughs> I love you, munchkin. I know. <laughs> I love you, Uncle Jesse. I know.
I'll see you at the dinner, kid. Uncle Jackson, were you really going to leave me at Teddy? What do you think? That was very sneaky. <laughs> I got another good idea. I don't want to hear it. Let's sneak out and watch shows and TV rats. I want you out of here. <laughs> I like the way she dresses. Michelle, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And remember, always do the right thing. Oh, I will. She can get on my nerves. All right, and that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So, worst outfit of the episode. We have, in first place, it's going to be Becky with that coat of many colors shirt. We got... Stephanie with the, it's a shirt, it's a white sweatshirt that has like words on it, like love and desire and fun and this and that and differently. It just, and it looks like the words were used with some type of like glittery silver gel pen. It just, not something you would pick up in a store and it doesn't look flattering on Stephanie. Uh, third place, of course, worst outfit is going to go to DJ's mustard yellow turtleneck with this plaidish, like, yellow, black, mustard, it's just mm, not a fan of. But best outfit of the episode, I think, I think I want to give it, like, number one, I want to give it and yeah, I'm being a little biased since red's my favorite color. Teddy is wearing a burgundy, long-sleeved, kind of, it's kind of like a sweater because it's got like, like a mock turtleneck kind of thing with a little uh, zipper in just the collar. And then he's got um, on his elbows, there's like four different small images that run down the length of his, from his neck to his shoulder of just uh, different designs, which I think is really cool. And second place, I want to give that to Jesse. He's wearing kind of like a, it's like a teal baby blue color with lines of like, um, different colors kind of running down the front of it and of course third place best outfit it's going to go to joey's i'm calling it a charlotte's hornets windbreaker pants combo and i call it charlotte hornets colors because it's teal and purple Tanner Teachable moment for this episode, 100%, is if someone doesn't want you touching their stuff, be respectful and don't do that. In Michelle's case, you have so many other people that you can hang out with. And Jesse, I think there should be a lock on that studio door so when he's not there, nobody else is in there messing with stuff. Especially because you have Michelle. I You don't have to worry about Stephanie or DJ because they're older and they know enough to respect Jesse's stuff. But I think it's the fact that temptation of not being allowed to play with something that she considers a musical toy 
is just too much for her. Another thing in regards to Michelle is you don't ever run away. I know kids, you know, they're impulsive, they're upset, they run away because they don't know any any of the other option and they don't think of the consequences not only who it's going to hurt but they they're not thinking two steps ahead what's going to happen how am i going to get something to eat where am i going to sleep all those she just figured she'd go to her best friend's house so when danny and jesse are like oh well i don't know how you can call jesse uncle tattletale anymore because you don't live there and she's like what i don't it's like she basically did not think what was going to, what insists, what entails of running away from home. When you run away from home, you're not, the intention is you're not going back home. You're going to find another home somewhere to live with, whether it's with a person or just somewhere else. So, yeah. And the thing is, I mean... Running away from home should, should never be an option on the table at all. If something's going on, and I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I don't want to tell anyone what they should be doing. I'm just thinking that if I were in that situation, I would find a trusted adult to talk to. that Someone that you trust, hence a trusted adult, to work out the situation, find out what's going on, if it's a home situation... There's got to be another option, another, a, basically a safe place that you can go until you figure out a more permanent place for you. So, that being said, and that being that this is a double feature, next week we will be covering from Season 7, Episode... I can't find it here. Oh, it's, I think it's from season six. My goodness. I'm sorry for the dead air. Here we go. Season six, episode 18, Please Don't Touch the Dinosaur, which aired February 23rd, 1993. In this episode, Jesse and Danny both get volunteered to take Michelle's class on a field trip to the museum. This is honestly the same setup is the Super Bowl episode from Season 8, Jesse and Joey. We're going to be taking Michelle's science class, or science club. It sounded more like a club. That they are going to... <laughs> get. They wanted to see... And it's Super Bowl Sunday of all days, which I don't know what museums are, hours are, but come on. They could have done it any other day of the week. Why does it have to be that day? Unless they've been saying we can't do it, we can't do it another day, another day. So, yeah, Jesse and Danny get, both get volunteered to take Michelle's class on a field trip to the museum. Jesse's rowdier bunch of kids cause trouble and end up destroying a dinosaur skeleton. Meanwhile, Stephanie and DJ get into an argument over who owns a baseball card worth $2,000. My goodness. Well, the thing is, they have, I would say they have at least well over 10 kids there. They have probably between 12 and 15 kids. And Danny takes half. Well, they split them up by saying, okay, 
Who wants to have a fun time? Go with Uncle Jesse. Who wants to have an enlightened learning experience of the museum? Like actually look at the exhibits. Go with Danny. And of course, this is a who do you love more situation with Michelle because Denise wants her in the cool group with Uncle Jesse and Danny's feelings are hurt. Because like, oh, she chose Jesse. She honestly, guys, we know. Michelle, if if given the opportunity, will always choose Jesse over Danny. There is no competition when it comes to that. Well, at least on Michelle's end, there isn't. So look forward to that episode. And yeah, I hope all of you by this time, time, this time have your trees up. Since it's after Thanksgiving, you're making your cocoa, your Christmas cookies putting up different watching your christmas movies all that fun stuff my husband and i actually are going to be seeing in december it's a wonderful life we're going to see it on the big screen we watch it almost every single year around christmas uh this year we are also in november going to be seeing planes trains and automobiles on the big screen they're going to be showing that one for the i think it's the 35th anniversary and then for the 30th anniversary of The Bodyguard, that's going to be coming out in November. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that on the big screen. Because when that movie came out in 92, I would have been like 10. So my sister was a big fan of the soundtrack. So, All right. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. See you next week. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at LB... You can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to leave a review for the podcast, which more reviews are always helpful, especially five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourself. Just go to iTunes, type in Full House or Fuller House. The Oh My Land Holy Chulupas podcast will come up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can have fun with it. Ask me a trivia question. Use emojis to describe episode titles. I would love to be hit with some full house trivia and just tell you, prove to you just how good I am. All right. Bye-bye.